And if you have the front of the song, we are going to be in Ecclesiastes today, just continuing on with our Ecclesiastes service. But if you guys will pray this prayer with me. Lord, give us life as we seek you and your kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our lives be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. Okay, this is Ecclesiastes verse, or chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider. God has made one, uh, made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. So I love the word consider. I love the word consider for a lot of different reasons. I was actually super glad that this is the, uh, the first sermon back from sabbatical because I haven't preached in a while and I'm like a slow moving train. I, I kind of need some time to get going and then I just get into my rhythms and then it's, it's um, uh, I, I will finish better than I started in my life. That's the way I figure it. So I have this memory when I was a kid that is repeated in my mind over and over and over again as years have gone on. And I don't know exactly how old I was, but I was preteen. I, um, and I remember it was a Sunday and my chore that Sunday after church when we got home was to mow the lawn. So I was out mowing the lawn on Sunday after church and I, at church I had tasted and seen the love of God. I knew that God loved me. I knew that I wanted to love God as well. And there was this song that went something like this. It went, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Does anybody remember that song at all? Like, I don't remember it. You is that That's a worship song, right? Yeah. It might have been, yeah. Actually, that's good to know because I've looked up, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you a whole bunch of times. Just, it, but I just remember I was, I was singing it at church and I was singing it as I mowed the lawn. And I remember it because um, I had the earmuffs on. I was belting out the notes with all my heart as well as all my vocal cords. And I love when you have the earmuffs on because you can hear the lawnmower. But when you sing, it's like you can hear yourself and you're just like... And I was just going, and those were the only words I knew. I, I love you. It's pretty simple. Just over and over, repeated and repeated it time and time again. I mean, it was like all I could hear was my preteen voice in all its glory singing as loud as I could this wonderful love song to Jesus. But I remember this moment because I remember it as, as if my heart was singing out. And, and that I really did love God because I knew that God loved me and he was um, and he was delighting in the fact that I was singing this love song to him. And it was one of those moments in my life that I remember as a sweet moment between God and myself that started at church. And then it was a moment that spoke of our love for each other. God, I was singing it out to God, but God was singing it to me. It was initiated by God's great love for me, but my heart was responding to it by singing, I love you back. 
And then that moment, this is actually what sealed the deal. That moment was broken up because my dad scared the snot out of me because I was in my own little world and I'm just out, I love you, I love you, probably not doing a straight line. And my dad comes out, you know, it's just me and Jesus. And my dad comes out and he's like, lifts up my earmuffs and goes, boom, like he just scared me and I was freaked out. And it was just one of those things, but that locked it in my head forever. In fact, this scene, minus the fact that my dad scared me, has been an Ebenezer in my life. It's been one of those things that set up. I obviously remember this. Uh, for I've remembered it for a long time. But the moments, uh, a moment that was uh, like a monument set up to God's love for me and my desire to love him in return. I'm not saying I've done, done it perfectly, but when I hear words like the one here today, consider God's work. I remember mowing the lawn and feeling loved, so loved that I wanted to love in return. And there was something significant that happened that day in those, during those moments, and I cherish them wholeheartedly. I, I love them. It was a good moment that has allowed me to get through moments that have not always been as good as that one. And scripture, uh, scripture does what these verses are asking us to do a lot. It asks, Scripture constantly asks us to remember, to consider, to recall, uses words that Paul uses words as a way of reminder fairly frequently. Even in uh, recall in your mind, bring to mind the things that God has said, God has done, God has remembered. But then Psalm 65, as I was getting ready for this, actually there's another psalm that I had today as well that could have been used here as well. But Psalm 66, 5 and 16 say it this way. Come and see the acts of God, awesome in works over humankind. Come, listen, and let me recount, all you who fear God, what he did for me. That verse is in Psalm 66, but there's tons of psalms like that. There's tons of verses all over. Come, listen, and let me recount. recount. Scripture is persistent in its asking us to consider. It's, it's persistent saying, recount to ourselves, to our own heart, to our own mind, and to others as well, what God has done in the past. And as we look at this in the context of Ecclesiastes, this is a wise thing to do to strengthen our faith in Jesus. To consider what God has done, to look back and see, and it's, it is a good and wise task for us to take part in. We don't live in the past. We don't have to, although Angie is wearing bell bottoms today, so maybe we do a little bit, right? But we don't live in the past, but we look to the past to see God's hand leading us and guiding us. And as we look back, we, that is a strength that he can give us. But not only does scripture give us the words of remember, reminder, consider, things like this, but it gives us stories over and over and over and over again. Constant stories of the acts of God and the works of Jesus in and through people's lives. Moments that are set up in the community of God to have them look back and consider what they've been through with him and see that he has been there the entire time. And that God will continue to be with them as they seek him and, uh, and follow him. 
God gives us stories. God gives us moments and a word that we can fall back on because you know what? We need it at time, from time to time, don't we? For the Hebrews, this story is the Exodus. The Exodus is told countless times throughout Scripture, both Old and New Testament, as a way of saying, consider. Consider what I've done. Look what I did here. You don't think I can do this? I can do this. I can do this. I can. And, and the Exodus is where God brought a people out of slavery and into a land flowing with milk and honey. God did so much for them as a community. And even when the scriptures aren't saying consider, remember, they're telling us the story of the Exodus. What God brought about during those times. And it actually makes uh, who can make a, a straight what God has made crooked. The path didn't look straight and narrow from uh, Egypt to Israel, but God led them nonetheless. And if you think about it, God fed them. He led them. He watered them in the middle of a desert, right? He gave them leadership. I even think about like when he, when he fed them, right? He gave them manna, but he also gave them quails. Like he also, he did, he did a miraculous thing. God pushed back walls of water so that they could cross across the Red Sea on dry land. I don't think this was figurative or metaphor. I think God actually did it to show us his strength and his power. And we can believe that even those areas metaphorically in our life where we need to get from one spot to another, God has provided a story that says, look what I can do. I can do that. I can do what I need to in your life as well. But he, God gave them power over their enemies. He cleansed them from their sin and he cleansed them from the disease in their midst. Scripture is full of these moments over and over again from the Exodus on God, how God was reminding his people that he's been there in the past as a way to encourage them to trust today and then into the future. And when we give way to consider, when we make time to consider all that God has done, you know what happens? Our faith is strengthened. We're reminded. So when we consider, we can see that the line that God has us walk is not as straight as we once thought, like the straight and narrow, right? The straight and narrow path of God's kingdom doesn't always feel like that. There are, just like there are very few or no straight lines in nature, there aren't many straight paths as we walk with Jesus. He's saying, uh, follow me. And I like uh, different translations of this text, but I like the way Eugene Peterson put uh, one of these verses. It says, take a good look at God's work. Who can simplify and reduce creation's curves and angles to a plain straight line? And even as we're walking, we're not wandering, we're following. We're following Jesus. We don't need uh, to narrow down the way that God has for us to walk because he's leading us. And as he leads us, you know what we get to do? We get to follow. Even if we feel at times it's foolish to this world, but it's wise in Christ to act the way we do, to trust the way that God has for us as we live out his kingdom here on earth. Prayer is one of those things. Prayer, I mean, how many times have you guys heard in the last few years, we're done with thoughts and prayers. We need action. 
How many times have we said that? You know, one of the best actions that we can take as Christians? Prayer. Period. We're praying to a God who can part the Red Sea, who can do these things. And when we actually consider all that God can do, we know that we are in a good place for him. And verse verse 14 makes a lot of sense as we consider. There are good days in our past, right? We can remember those good days. We can celebrate them. And there are bad days in our past as well. Both of them are there. Many times these moments are closer together than we'd like to uh, think about. We'd like to separate them and just let them be. One is like a season of this and one is a season of that. And, and honestly, there are times when like there are rougher patches, seasons of rougher patches and seasons of just um, of prosperity, as God would mention here. And we get to see in this scripture, again, reminding us that this is what wisdom is trying to teach us we get to see that God has made both the good and the bad. And as we consider, God is with us through both. To continue the I love you, I love you, I love you lawn mowing story. See, my dad never, to his dying day, never understood my love for Jesus. He constantly questioned it my entire, my entire life. And I was unable to articulate him to him in a way that was deep and meaningful. And he um, actually, after this moment, one, one of the things I think, again, why it's concreted down is my dad made fun of me for singing love songs to Jesus. That that day and for weeks to follow, he didn't understand how I could love Jesus. Not only that, the song to him sounded like what he called a girly song. And I wasn't supposed to be singing that. And, um, and I wasn't supposed to be singing like love songs to Jesus, but that's exactly what I was doing because I was in love with Jesus. That's just what I was. I was in love with him. And I realize now that uh, he was just trying to have some fun. He wasn't trying to be malicious. He wasn't, but in those moments when he was teasing me, I had to either uh, choose to believe my dad that this is a girly song that I should never sing or choose uh, Jesus. Jesus is the right answer, right? Right, yeah. Trust your dad or Jesus. My kids would all say Jesus. And so then they keep hearing from him over and over. It's fantastic. But I, in those moments, I had to choose Jesus' love over against the love of my own earthly father. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do as a kid. It's not easy to do as an adult to choose God's love over the love of people around you. And so, and I knew that if God and my dad ever disagreed, my job was to follow God. And I needed that Ebenezer of love to follow through with that love from God. A few years later, my dad walked totally away from Jesus, which is just the way God orchestrated my story and my dad's story as well. And I had to choose, was I going to follow my dad or was I going to follow God? And as my dad walked away from Jesus, I actually walked closer to him side by side because that love was cemented. And as I considered that moment, I remember the love and followed the one who has loved me perfectly through the years. And I'm not trying to be harsh on my dad. I know my dad loved me. 
There's no question about it. He makes mistakes as all dads do, right dads? Like we've made mistakes. And I know that my dad loved me very, very much, even if imperfectly. And I'm actually, the older I get, the more humbled I am as I make mistakes as a dad um, these days as well. That my judgment for my dad dissipates as I learn through trial and error how to parent. But yet, God has used this scene in my life to show me the greatness of his love. And, and, and if you take it in comparison, I've never felt a love like the love of God in my life. And again, it started way back then. Not my mom, not my wife, not my kids, not my friends. No one has allowed me to feel the love that I feel from Jesus. Jesus' love is still felt and it. it was cemented on the day that I mowed the lawn and sung of his great love for me. And I was filled to overflowing and sung from that overflow. And the truth is, I still do that today. By no means is this the only story that I think about when I hear the word consider. But I would ask you, I learned this from Tyrone, by the way. But I asked you today. So this is where you write down the question, right? When I ask you to consider the works of God, what comes to your mind? When I ask you, what has God done in your life and through your life? What stories do you tell? We have countless of them, right? I mean, we're all here. I know all of you. I know the way that God has walked through us. I know that times haven't always been easy. And I know that times always haven't been hard. And I know for at least the adults, we've all tasted and seen the goodness of God. And we want more of it, don't we? We want more of it. As we come to texts like this one, I love it because we are reminded of all the ways that God has spoken to us. And we get to consider them and remember. And in that considering and remembering, we get to be encouraged and have our, our, our faith built up. We get to be reminded that we have trusted Jesus in the past and that as we've trusted Jesus in the past, He's maybe not shown up in our time, but he's never not shown up. He's been there for us. And then I love this text as well because it says something very plainly. We can't see the future. We don't know what tomorrow will bring or even the rest of this day. But here, God is telling us that there will be good days and there will be evil days. And it is wise to know this and it is helpful as we attempt to live a godly life. Most of the time, we want the benefits for living for Jesus. Amen? Like, we want the benefits of God's kingdom come in the here and now. And uh, if we could, we would live perfectly. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And if we could, we would live perfectly without wavering in faith, hope, and love. Like, this is what we want, right? And we have moments where we do this really well, don't we? We have moments where we do this well. And then uh, if we add on to this, we would love to live with no more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more debt, right? No more hunger, no more homelessness, no more racism or confusion, or, or no more voting for people that we don't even know who they are, and then they make major decisions for us, right? That would be awesome. This is what we desire. This is our heart's longing. 
is that we would have the benefits of living for Jesus. All this goodness and grace and mercy and love just in our lives all the time. But most of us are old enough to know that the days are not always good to us, right? The things aren't great all the time. This scripture is telling us even in the evil time, God sees, he knows, he cares, he's still active, he's still working. God knows about the evil days as well as the days of prosperity that he's set aside for us. And we can set in our hearts both days God has made, and this will help us protect us from using God for just the good days. We need to put this in our heart just to know that because we will face those hard times and as we face those hard times, God will be there. And as we seek first the God's kingdom, as we attempt to fear God and keep his commandments, as we prayed this morning that we may be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, and that we will walk in the mystery of not knowing what the next days will hold, we get to set on our hearts whether it is a good day or bad day, good season or hard season, God has them both and he will use them both for his purposes, for his people. Amen? He always has and he always will. Let, let us set this up in our hearts. Let establish this as wisdom for our hearts. As we consider God's work, we can see that he is there, that he is working. In Ellen Davis' commentary on this section, she quotes Martin Luther, and it's helpful, uh, us, um, it's helpful as this text sets guards against the idols that want to set themselves up in our lives. This quote says this, prepare yourself in such a way that you are also able to be sorrowful. Enjoy the things that are present in such a way that you do not base your confidence on them as though they were going to last forever. Um, Grace and Mercy Church, we don't doubt that evil days will happen, right? We've endured enough of them. I know this about us. But let us remember that God doesn't want us to live in the evil days all the time. Amen? He doesn't want us to live there all the time. We get to enjoy the good as well. God has given us both so that we won't set up either as an idol. We won't love to wallow in our muck and mire, and we won't just live in prosperity all the time, but these two times will just be combined in our lives. And as we set that up in wisdom, we know that it's not good times that we worship. It's the God who gets us through good times and hard times. We have gained so much in our life from Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. And in these things, we are given a new heart and we're given a new life to live because of Jesus, a life where we get to trust and follow him in the good and the bad. We don't idolize the good and we don't pout or stop trusting God when we feel like the days, the bad days are here. We get to pray. We get to wonder if God's abandoned us. We learned that through the Psalms, right? We get to wonder if God's abandoned us. But we don't get to live in a state of feeling abandoned forever because as we consider, we live knowing that God is here in our midst. In good times and in bad times, he is here with us. So let us consider.
Let us look back as a way to strengthen us in the here and now. Let us consider and look back that we are going to um, that we are going to set our hearts firmly on Jesus. And here today, before we get into communion, before we do any of these things, we're going to take a moment of silence, give a corporate time for us to do this, just a, a minute or two, to consider the areas where God has worked and strengthened you in the past to show you that he's here today and show you that he's still working in the here and now. So will you guys take a moment and do this with me? Lord, you've given us all Ebenezer's. You've given us all places where you've been at work in our lives and we knew it. Lord, we're, we've tasted and seen that you are good. We've tasted and seen that you are present in our lives. Lord, I pray that as we consider these areas where you've been there, that we can look at those and set those up as monuments to you, Lord, and just be able to look back at them and know that you're going to be there right now, and you're going to be there in our future. So Lord, let us use this wisdom that you've given us today to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen.